Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale loan to the public, go to RMFP.com. You know it's opening day in baseball when Mace is wearing his Atlanta Braves hat. You have no idea if it's opening day when you look at Nolan because he's always wearing Cardinals gear. Are you very excited for tonight? I am excited for tonight. I'm, I'm always excited for opening day, even if even even if my team is terrible, it's it's just it's good to start the season, you know. Hope springs eternal, all that stuff. Flowers in bloom. Oh, another God. another what sign you, of Jim, the woman. I want you to say hello, friends, while you're at it. Hello, friends. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, everyone's talking about the Masters. We will, too. Sunjay M is leading the way at five under par. Cameron Smith, just Dustin Johnson are both at four under. Then you have a bunch of guys tied at three under. Everybody wants to know where Tiger Woods is. He is tied for 10th at one under par. Hit a fantastic long birdie putt on number 16. Saved par on 18 to give him one under for the day. And I think it is probably fair to say a lot of people watched day one today because of what Tiger Woods was doing, and they started watching early because he teed off early. Yeah, they, and in fact, I believe the ESPN broadcast, if I'm not mistaken, didn't come on till about noon, 1 o'clock Mountain Time. Actually, it came on oh, much they? earlier. Oh, I, they did. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was at the gym today. Because uh, the, stream, the, the stream that was just Tiger only in his group. Right. That came on when he teed off. Right. And he teed I, off at about, what was about it, about uh, 8.30 or so? I was at yeah. the gym. Yeah. I was on the treadmill, and I was watching it at 8.30 in the morning. Yep. And, um, yeah, it was following Tiger all day. How's he going to do? I think the best piece of analysis that I heard was when he walked off 18, and one of the commentators said, it's a good thing he teed off early because now he has a chance to do as much rehab as possible yeah. before tomorrow because he walked 18 holes. Right, and and that's actually kind of the, the big question for him is how well physically does he hold up after, on Saturday or Sunday? Uh, he walked the course today, obviously, but ha- how does how does he rebound from that? Because And he said it consistently. It's not a matter of striking the ball. It's all about the walk right. for him. Well, Casey Martin can certainly relate to that. And Casey Martin, if you don't remember, this was back, gosh, this was back in the 1990s. Yeah, he was Tiger Woods' college teammate at Stanford. Right, and he had a uh, physical disability and it went to to court. I I can't remember if it went to the Supreme Court. I believe that it did. And uh, the PGA Tour won, saying he cannot ride. Uh, He had a major leg problem and, and riding for him was probably the only way he could probably finish 18 holes, but getting back, actually the Supreme court ruled in Martin's favor. So why seven did, to two? So why didn't he play? Uh, because he hasn't made it through Q school. Mm, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It was a, it was a seven two ruling in favor of Martin finding that the PGA tour should be viewed 
as a commercial enterprise operating in the entertainment industry rather than as a private club. And because of that, it was incumbent upon them to accommodate Casey Morton. So Tiger got off to a pretty good start today. How much of that did you watch? I couldn't watch all of it right. because I don't know if you if you uh, yeah. had a chance to watch all of it, you had nothing to do. today, Right. Did I have it on in the background through a good portion of what I was doing today? Yes. And for example, when I was working at home this morning, I wasn't watching intently, but I can tell you that when I when I was aware that Tiger was about to hit a sh- hit a shot, I was watching. Do you have ESPN Plus? I did. I watched the the stream that just followed his, his group, and that was it. You just watched his stream, right? Because I didn't know that ESPN was actually on the air at that time. I thought ESPN was coming on the air at midday, kind of par for the course. Pardon the expression. Or pardon the pun. I guess maybe the pun was sub- subliminally intended or subconsciously intended. I was, I didn't know if it was coming on ESPN. So I just turned on the ESPN plus stream where you can follow certain groups and obviously you can follow, follow Tiger. And it was, it was enjoyable. Danny, no commercials, did, you, Danny did you watch any of this today or much of it? Yeah, I watched a little bit of uh, Sports Center. At the Masters, right. which was on ESPN most of the morning, and then had some of their coverage on here once I got to the station um, and watched once it was actually the Masters coverage. Uh, but that was, we saw Tiger walking off after 18, so most of him was before the official broadcast. Right. You were watching. Uh, but I watched it, a little yeah. bit, yeah. Yeah, probably at the gym, you were watching the stream. They had the stream on for you. No, I was watching. Um... I was watching Sports Center at the Masters. Okay, because I'm literally like, like I'm literally looking at the broadcast schedule. The actual, they might have cut in and shown his shots. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch Center. just yeah. him. Okay, but like the the Masters broadcast did not come on until one o'clock Mountain. That's like the whole thing of the Masters is they limit the amount of over the air hours. Right. And so they don't. They come on. It comes on at one o'clock Mountain today, tomorrow, Saturday, and then noon Mountain. But time today, on Sunday. But today. Yeah. They showed a lot of golf, Sports Center at the yeah. Masters. They showed a lot of it. So, uh, as you were watching, I'll ask both of you guys this question. I'm guessing you were cheering for Tiger to do well. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Same, Danny? Absolutely. Did you find yourself cheering against other guys that they would miss so Tiger could move up the leaderboard potentially? No. No. Yeah, not, you're not saying that with a smile. I just think that would be a weird thing to root for on day one. Bingo. Danny, you hit nail right on the head. That's what I was going to say. On day one, you're not focusing on what anybody else is doing because it hasn't distilled itself down to kind of a one-on-one or, or, or a, four, a foursome or a fivesome battling for the lead. It's just, you know, it's... It's basically just, I hate to say it like so bluntly, but it's like, don't screw up, right? Don't, don't shoot yourself out of the tournament on day one. That's, Here, here's and so that's why I'm not, I wasn't looking at what, what, for example, Cam Smith was doing. And, and because if you want to see Tyre see Ty do well, I wasn't looking at Cam Smith and saying, oh, you know, oh, I'm glad he, he got the double on both one and 18. That was a hell of a round for Cam Smith, by the way. Here's the, Eight birdies and two doubles. Here's the simplest way to put it. You can't win the Masters on the first two days, but you can be knocked out of it 
on the yes, first two days. Exactly. And for those that don't know the golf lingo, Saturday is affectionately referred to as moving day. Right. Because you move up and down mm-hmm. the leaderboard. And for Tiger, listen, at one under par, he is still within striking distance when it says he is tied for 10th. There are a lot of guys tied for 10th. Yep. Lots. I mean, I'm looking at this right now. There are at least eight or nine guys who are tied for 10th right now. Right. And that's it. That's typical of that's typical of almost any tournament though for the first round. Right. They just ha- there just has not been time to uh, generate that that separation. By the way, it's like uh it's 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 um nine players are tied for 10th, I believe. Right. Yes. So, do you want him to win? I think it would be one of the greatest sports stories ever told if he won. Danny, same. You'd like to see him win? Um, I think I'd like to see him win more next year when he becomes the oldest to do so. Ooh. But, yeah, it would be cool if he won this year. I mean, oldest to win the Masters, yeah. I mean, Phil Mickelson, of course, raised the bar for everybody. Right. At the PGA last year at Kiowa when he became the first, when he effectively became the first champions tour eligible player to win a major right and i actually think with tiger woods as as he continues to work his way back it would be a i mean just dramatic and amazing if he won this i think it's actually more realistic to see as he kind of plays that limited schedule that he said he's going to play over the next few years i think it's i think the goal for him should be can I beat Phil's record and become the oldest ever to win a major? But it's going to be another six years before he is in that conversation. Right. Right Right now, I mean, he's he's a bit younger than Jack Nicholas was when Nicholas won the 86 Masters, right? I, rem- I remember yeah. that well. Oh, I cited that yesterday. I remember that. That's one of the first golf tournaments I remember watching. Really? I was nine years old, but it was like, but Jack Nicholas, you know, it, wow, is, you're, you're much younger than I am. Yeah, oh, it's it's an it's a myth. But Jack Nicholas <laughs> is a mythical old. is a mythical name, right? Yeah. That he, that I don't remember not knowing the name Jack Nicholas. And then, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon, and uh, I was home, and you're flipping around, and then all, and it, and you see his name on the leaderboard, and you know the story of how old he is, and I, I started watching it. Yeah. Right. All right, coming up after the break, Thomas Harding, MLB.com. He's going to join us to talk about the start of the Rocky season. Yes, they get going tomorrow. Is the strength really the starting rotation? How good is the bullpen? And do they beef up enough their lineup, specifically the middle part of the order, during the offseason? We'll talk about that next. I hopped up the plane at LAX with a dream my cardigan. Welcome to the land of Phil. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to talk about Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. I uh, did my estate plan with him. My uh, living will with him as well. I put it off for a very long time. And then I started thinking, listen, there's no guarantee for tomorrow. And I want to make sure I'm in a position where the courts aren't deciding what I want. I don't want to put my living will in the doctor's hands either. So I got on it. Once I started the process with Dan, I'm thinking this can't get done fast enough because, again, 
I don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. Once the process was done, I could not be any more thankful working with Dan. He answered all of my questions. He was patient as well. And you don't have to have a lot of money to want to get some sort of will done. I mean, you want to make sure whatever you have goes to the people that you want it to instead of having families fight over stuff. You want to go with Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law? Trust me on this. He is the man. Go to the McKenzie Firm. Com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in Thomas Harding, writes for the Rockies for MLB.com. How are you, Thomas? I feel good. I feel clean, except have you ever spilled gravy? On things, it's yeah, really amazing. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. on turkey and uh, stuffing and mashed potatoes. Where'd you spill it? Um, I spilled it in a bag carrying other things, and it's a, it's a, it's a travesty right now. How did but that? How did that happen? Just the jar opened or something? Yeah, just just a little container opened, and um, I was picking up something to kind of eat, and I, I was in the mood for gravy, which probably that's the uh, that, that's the message, is that I shouldn't be eating gravy on anything, but gravy helps everything. Where are you going to put the gravy on? I was putting it on chicken. I was putting it on potatoes. Well, congratulations. It's on there now. Yeah. It's just there. a little too soon. Yeah, it's also on the, um, the, the uh, bottle of tea that I bought, mm-hmm. and it could be on a couple of other things, so... Did there you, we go. Did you wipe it off? Everything was saved. You're going to go back and get more gravy? Uh, not more gravy. I think that maybe maybe that was the sign was that, was that there was too much gravy. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that that happened. Uh, next time when you go to the store, uh, leave the gravy boat at home. Don't put the gravy in the gravy boat <laughs> with right. your groceries because <laughs> that, I can promise you, will be a problem. Uh, opening day is tomorrow. General yes. question. How good are you feeling about the Rockies this upcoming season, and what are realistic expectations? Um, I think that it's funny because I do think that this team could get to 500, then you don't know. Um, but it's going to be it, – it would be hard to get there because I don't see the pitching depth. Um, they improved the lineup, and – it's a strange team because I do think that um, I do agree that they needed to hit the ball out of the ballpark, and they got a couple of guys in here who could do that, and maybe um, a couple of guys will, will up their home run numbers because you're never going to have the same offensive performance at, on the road as as at home. But if you can steal a few games out on the road by hitting the ball out of the park, I think it helps you. I like the rotation. Um, is it the greatest rotation going? No, it's not the 1970 Baltimore Orioles. Or the, or the, but when you when you look at what they're able to do at Coors Field, and they pitch pretty well on the road, they give you a chance. Um, so they don't measure up to other teams um, in the the top teams offensively. But I think the combination of the um, of the park at home. And the um, and just the pitching on the road, it gives them a fighting chance. So can they get the 500 and with an expanded playoff? How close does that get you to it? Okay, so if they if if they if they don't get to 500, then what is the most likely thing that broke down that prevented them from getting to 500 or having a winning record? Well, I think the most obvious thing because it happens almost every year is 
they lose a key pitcher or two at some point in the year and they're not able to replace them. Um, when I look in the system, uh, most of the pitchers that you expect to be there are down low in the system, and most of the pitchers that you think, hey, they have some talent, right now they're hurt. I mean, Peter Lambert, hes they're really being slow with him. There's a slow recovery from the Tommy John surgery. They've seen some form things crop up with him. But Brian Rollison, who I thought would maybe even compete for a rotation spot, he has a shoulder issue. So does Hal Chris Olivares, who is a guy that I think from double A could probably make a pretty quick jump to the majors, but even a couple of the younger prospects, um, Chris McMahon and Sam Weatherly, Weatherly, a big lefty from, from uh, Clemson that a lot of people think could move through the system quicker if they have him break in as a reliever. But those are two good arms and they're both on the shelf with lat injuries right now. So, no matter how far down you go, you don't really have the pitching depth in the top of the system. It's more journeyman guys. So that's where I think it was, if it breaks down, um, that's the first place I look. Uh, let's talk about the lineup, the addition specifically of Chris Bryant. I'm guessing you spent a considerable amount of time down in Arizona and in that locker room. What's the environment now that he is in there? Well, it's a... It's interesting. I've talked to a number of people about this, and I actually mentioned it in my newsletter that, that, that posted yesterday. Here's a guy that doesn't bring a lot of the baggage that this team has had. I mean, from the Jeff Breidich days, uh, having their going back and forth between home and road, all those little things that kind of weigh the Rockies down. Chris Bryant seems to be kind of um, not – he doesn't pick that stuff up. And I think part of it is he was in Chicago where they ended a 108-year curse. So this guy, he, he believes um, that he can make anything work. And I think the Rockies needed that type of attitude because Lord knows um, in recent years with guys leaving and everything else that's gone on and really a difficult um, relationship with their own general manager, they needed something as far as the mental, psychological um, piece. And and I think Chris Bryant provides a lot of that. Even at this early stage, do you already see players and even others in the organization kind of responding to what Bryant brings? And if so, kind of how have they responded? Well, it's um, some of the younger guys. I know that at the end of, well, at the right after the lockout, um, they were, Chris Brown was one of the first guys they went after. Also, uh, also Kyle Schwarber. Those seem to be at the top of their list of guys they're going after. But they made one more shot at Trevor Story. And Trevor Story was really not interested in coming back. I think Trevor Story had seen enough, been through enough, but you still have Ryan McMahon sitting there thinking, Maybe I'm going to sign long-term here. Bringing in Chris Bryant, I think, had something to do with Ryan McMahon's decision there. Also, um, some of the long-term pitching signings. They still need to figure out a way to control, um, to, to, to get some sort of control on the Kyle Freeland situation. He may go year to year and leave like John Gray did, or they could try to bowl him away with an offer. But it it, it did kind of give the feeling that, hey, they're building something. They have Marquez, they have Senzatella, and maybe if they get more pieces as they go, this can become a better team. And Ryan McMahon, um, you know, he ended up uh, buying into it. And I think that Chris Bryant made a difference in that. We are talking with Thomas Harding, a longtime writer for the Rockies on MLB.com. 
Uh, Jeff Breidich is gone. I don't think it is an unfair thing to say. He wasn't going to win any popularity contests when he was there. Now that Bill Schmidt is in charge as the GM, and he's been there for a very long time, is there a difference in the temperature Uh, at spring training? Completely different temperature, in fact. Um, Bill Schmidt, a lot of it is either he drafted a lot of the guys or he scouted them before they got into the into the major leagues, before they became pros. So he's kind of in with the coaching staff, in with the players, and, and, and Jeff Barton not. So I think there was a difference there. Also, the fact that there have been a few signings and the trade of um, Ramal Tapia to bring in Randall Gritchick, I think there's a feeling that, hey, if he sees something that's weak in this team, he has a plan to try to address it. I mean, we, and we can argue certainly Chris Bryant, you look at him, he's 30 years old. He'll be, what, 36, 37 when this contract ends. Maybe the end of that deal could be tough for them. But the beginning to help out the pitching, I think that, that a lot of people are on board with that. I mean, you look at um, Rommel Tapia, I, I still think is going to be a good offensive player in this league. But the difference is, as I talked about earlier, they weren't hitting home runs, so, so Schmidt addressed that. There's there's more to address, and I think that um, they're not trying to sell us on this is, a, this is a super team right now because it's not deep enough and everybody knows it. But I think that a lot of people are on the same page. They don't feel like, um, they don't feel like the management is thinking one thing and the, and the players are, and the coaches are thinking something else. So that's been an improvement with this team. Now, last year, of course, Rockies did not start off well. They were three and eleven first couple of weeks. They were uh, twelve and twenty four uh, in early to mid May. Obviously, this is a tough, uh, th- tough series here to open with with the Dodgers for three at the start of the season. But beyond that, how much does this schedule, really, with the exception of playing seven games against the Phillies, how much does this schedule offer the chance for the Rockies to? get off to a bit of a confidence-building start here in the first month or so? Well, it's interesting, too, because last year you had the worst mix possible, a team that was challenged to to score runs, and they played a bunch of games in the division, and also you had the pitching not start off well. So that put them behind the eight ball early. Um, I think the schedule helps them. They've, they, they've played the Phillies pretty well in recent years, and still the Phillies have bullpen questions. You look at that, you look at that schedule, though, and even if you kind of hover around 500, you don't get buried in your division so early. So I think that the schedule, just the way that it's set up, has helped pretty well. It kind of works out pretty well for them. Now they have to go out and play, and they certainly can't have the beginning of the year where almost every starting pitcher struggled last year and Kyle Freeland was injured. They can't have that this year. But there's a there's a fighting chance there as far as uh, the, the way the schedule works. And I think that in subsequent years, I know this is kind of off the subject, but it may help the Rockies out because you go from playing the Dodgers 19 times a year to playing them 14 times a year. Um, someone had given a, a, a stat, and I'm remiss in not looking it up, but they said that the Rockies had losing records against the Dodgers, the, the Giants, and the Padres last year and had winning or 500 records against every other team that they played, hmm. which mm-hmm. as bad as that team was last year, but you look at the National League where there are a number of teams that are tanking, and you looked at at some of the teams that they beat in series um, on the road. I mean, you're looking at the Braves and the Phillies when they when they were fighting for playoff spots. It's it's uh, I, I'm not sure the stat I was given was totally correct on that, but they did 
play representative baseball against other teams, but the three in their division killed them, and they're going to have to play better against those teams. Thomas, today is the anniversary. 33 years ago today, the movie Major League came out. I'm sure you've seen a lot of baseball movies. What is the best baseball movie of all time over the last 50 years? Best baseball movie of all time over the last 50 years. I'm going to have to say Bull Durham. A lot of it just has to do with where I was at the time. I was actually covering Class A ball in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I'd been to the McCormick Field in Asheville where, where it all ended, and that was really funny. Now, another thing about it, Ron Shelton, the director of that movie, he actually played in my hometown of Bluefield, West Virginia, and mm. some of those characters, like Nuke Lelouch, and and they they were actually based on actual players that had played in my hometown. So that's the movie that I'll always kind of think of when I think of great baseball movies. And candlesticks make a nice gift. Uh, tell us yeah. about your <laughs> tell us about your newsletter. Okay. Yeah, every Wednesday and Saturday, um, a lot of news, a lot of features, a lot of uh, breakdowns will go into my newsletter, which you can get. Go to your MLB account and subscribe. It's for free, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in that that I think uh, kind of enhances your knowledge of what's going on with the team. Or at least I believe that because I wrote it. But um, like mm-hmm. this week, I did have a a kind of question and answer, issues and answers with um, Chris Bryant, because I know he gets a lot of questions, and it's like, why are you here? What, you know, what, what led you to come here? What about the other guys that have left this place? And what about the organization that takes a lot of criticism for having the same people? It's, uh, it, it is interesting that it fit a lot of the things that he wanted, and I just remembered the other thing where he said, we asked him, are you afraid not to make the playoffs? You've been six or seven years. He says, not at all. And he has the confidence in the guys. And it just feels like he feels like this is the fit and he's willing to risk that part of his career. Thomas, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it, my friend. And thanks for having me. All right, coming up after the break, tomorrow's opening day. And if you look at the schedule of nationally televised games, it's as if baseball doesn't even care. That's next. There's something wrong with the world today I don't know what it is Something's wrong with our eyes Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. Smilehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. Don't know if you know it, but it's opening day for Major League Baseball. Just one game on national television. And it's on ESPN2, not the mothership, Reds against the Braves. No games on national TV tomorrow, which would be a full slate of games. Is baseball doing itself any favor 
by not blowing this out of the water and trying to get as many games on as possible to get people interested because it doesn't feel like there's much of a buzz to me. Well, let's face it. Uh, baseball made a miscalculation having its opening day fall on the same day of Tiger Woods' return. Well, they didn't know that Tiger Woods was going to return. No, well, they hadn't. They knew the Masters opening day would be today. I got news for you. If baseball is worried about the Masters, I can understand them being worried about the NFL. I can understand them being worried about the NBA. But if they're running scared from golf and they didn't even know Tiger Woods was going to play, man, they're just burying themselves. Well, there's no, but there's no denying that that right now, Tiger Tiger Woods, what he did today, kind of sucked the air out of the room, right? That that's the dominant story today. That's what we led with, and but they didn't know Tiger yeah. was playing until a few days ago. Well, they had a, they had an idea, everyone had an idea he was shooting. Were games for this. canceled, to the best of your knowledge? I mean, the Masters isn't going on tonight. They could do a lot more games on ESPN too. They could. What they about could. tomorrow? They could. They, they and they're doing. They're they're having. There are games tomorrow, but ESPN's not showing any of them. I mean, I think it's. I think it's curious that they didn't play up opening day either of these days. Uh, the way the way that ordinarily it would. I mean, they they had other. I mean, if you didn't have the Masters, for example, they would have probably had opening day games this afternoon, like last year. They had open they on the Monday opening day. I think they had they an early game. On ESPN too. Yeah, it's like they don't the care. The Frozen Four is on ESPN too. What's that? Frozen the Four is on ESPN, four is on ESPN too. And that was that was something ESPN. The thing is, ESPN is a broadcast partner, right? But when they declared that today was going to be the opening day, ESPN's dance card was booked. Any games on MLB Network? I'd have to check and see. I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, man, FS1? I think I was watching yeah. uh, Milwaukee, the Brewers and the Cubs game. I believe that one was on MLB Network. Was it? Yeah, it, it's just, I understand the Masters and the Frozen Four. I get all that stuff, but geez, Louise. <laughs> I don't know. It, it doesn't make any. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I understand their scheduling conflicts. You're Major League Baseball. Yeah. And you you can't find a way to move around the Frozen Four. And granted, we're in Denver. Yeah. Like, Denver's taking on Michigan right yeah, now. Yeah, like FS1's first game is uh, Saturday. I, I, I mean... <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, it's, like, it's like there was no... I mean, to, there, there was no creativity, right? Like, FS1 and Fox is one of your partners. If ESPN's dance card is booked, why aren't you trying? I mean, what is FS1 showing in the afternoon? I don't think they're. I think they're just showing talking head programming. I think they. It, it, it's part of it is just MLB is just so. Maybe rigid is the wrong word, but uh, inflexible. Uh, I mean, some have said that, that they're doing this. Opening day should be a national holiday. If they don't take their own game seriously to try and get it on yeah. television, why should we make it a national holiday? I understand here. In Denver, mm -hmm. maybe uh, Governor Polis or Mayor Hancock can say, hey, uh, nobody has to work today. It's a state holiday, but national holiday? Baseball is killing itself. Yeah. With the lockout uh, this year, with the lockout going into COVID, meaning they, they couldn't get that thing straight. And their big kind of broadcast play this year to uh, increase the number of games available is uh, Apple TV Plus. 
Do you count that as national TV? No. Okay, because there are two games on Apple TV Plus tomorrow night. A lot but of that's kind of but that, how many people have Apple TV Plus? I do. I do too. But are people thinking baseball when they tune to Apple Plus? Apple TV Plus, maybe eventually, but I think right now most people think Ted Lasso. Yeah. When they think of Apple TV. Or the TV morning Plus. show, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Unless you're a hardcore fan like you or Nolan, it it's it's a non story in a lot of ways. It really is. I mean, you're excited for the game. Nolan's excited for his Cardinals. Yeah. But but baseball's not pushing itself to get on television. I mean, it, it, it it's not the national pastime anymore. It's the national past hyphen time. You you say that a lot because it is, because it is because it's number three now, and the only reason that hockey isn't higher is because people look at it as a Canadian sport. That's about it. I mean, mm-hmm. hockey fans are loud and proud, but it's a small number of hockey fans. Right. B- baseball is nowhere near what it used to be. I think I saw that finally there's going to be some advertising for some players. Finally. About time. Finally. What took them so long? They don't promote their own sport. I know. I mean. Th- this is a good example. I mean, how, how, how well known is Mike Trout? He could walk down the street in Denver. Most people wouldn't know who he is. Shohei Otani. Wouldn't know who thing. he is. Yes. Beyond the baseball circles, people don't know. People don't know who these guys are anymore. Right. I mean, could you have imagined? I mean, who was a player of Mike Trout's caliber in, say, 1990? Bonds. Yeah. Everyone knew who Barry Bonds was back right. then. Right. Not anymore. Everyone knew, like, who Oral Hershiser was back then, right? Back in the 1990s. Yeah. Basketball was just really starting to take off because in the 1970s, mm-hmm. I think I told you, and this is before your time, they used to show the NBA Finals in Chicago where I grew up late night at 1030, the NBA mm-hmm. Finals, and it was tape delayed. Yeah. They've lost a generate. They've lost fans. By the way, you know what ESPN is showing tonight instead of a, because of course their base, their one baseball games on ESPN too, because ESPN regular is showing an encore presentation of the Masters. Right. Not live. Memorex. Yeah. <laughs> what do we have coming up? I'm out in high appliance just in case you missed it. The Memphis Grizzlies in town tonight taking on the Denver Nuggets, and they've definitely got a couple of award candidates on that roster. Also, Braves outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr., had some interesting comments about his old teammate Freddie Freeman. We'll talk about all that on the other side, right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Said a joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver. At Eric Goodman. 
If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the Memphis Grizzlies are in town taking on the Denver Nuggets this evening, 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, the second-to-last regular season game for Denver. John Morant still out with a knee injury. The Grizzlies, however, as we've talked multiple times on this show, 20-3 and without Morant. And Memphis is locked into the second seed in the West. Should Taylor Jenkins be the NBA Coach of the Year? I think you yeah. can make that case and a very strong case for him, for sure. Best player missing all those games. It, I mean, and they've had they've been better without. Him. That's that's the thing, percentage wise. But yeah, no one's going to record. They're, they're record wise. I'm not going to say they want to play without John without John Morant. But if you can lose, I think what we can say is legitimately one of the one of the six best players in the NBA right now. And you're a better team. That's that. That's that's coaching, adapting your team to function without its star. Right. And I think he wins it anyway. I I think, I think he should win it in a walk. I mean, I, I, who I mean, who else would would really be in the conversation? Like for example, uh, you know, Phoenix was good last, year, so we're not talking about you know Monty Williams being in the in the conversation, right? I, I yeah, yeah, probably not. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's it's a lock. I mean, I think the, the the real question is the Nuggets still with an awful lot to play for, trying to make sh- to ensure that they stay out of the uh, play in trial by fire uh, against a team that has its its seed locked up, and yet I don't feel like there's any assurance that the Nuggets are going to win this game. Here's a tease because we're going to talk about the playing game in the next hour. Mm-hmm. You like the playing game? I like games. the idea, yeah. I like the idea of it, yes. Yeah, good, because this will be a good conversation because I don't like it at all. Yeah. So, Mace, you kind of mentioned that the Nuggets are at danger of falling into that playing game. Is this? Would you classify this as a must-win for the Nuggets? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't want, you just don't want to leave it to chance. And, uh, I mean, not like the Timberwolves have an easy go of it, but you, you, you don't want to be holding your breath, right? And... And here's the thing, you're playing the Lakers on you know over the weekend, and yes, the Lakers are out of it. What are the Lakers going to do when they play the Nuggets? They're probably going to be feeding LeBron James, and LeBron's going to be going for the scoring title, right? LeBron's out. They've ruled him out. He hasn't played in a while. I thought they were, I thought they were trying to. They, they, he needs to play a couple more games to be eligible for the scoring title. So the buzz was that he was going potentially going to play this weekend. I think there's a chance that he plays, but yeah. I think that those those numbers are dwindling at this point. That he will. He hasn't played in a while, has he? Yeah, he hasn't. But yeah, I don't. I don't think he's gonna. If he if he plays Sunday, then that's for a crappy team. Yeah. I, I don't think he's coming back to try and win a scoring time. It's another notch on his belt. 
Just in case you missed it, Braves outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr. says there's nothing that he'll miss about Freddie Freeman. He said, quote, we were close in that we shared the same stadium, but we had a lot of, how do you say, uh, lots of clashes. Mm. Are you surprised at this statement from Acuna, especially considering that Atlanta won the World Series last year without him? Well, clearly I'll take this one first. Go ahead, Andrew. Well, he did try to Acuna did try to uh, to clarify uh, some of what he said, specifying that this was about what happened when Acuna was a rookie in 2018. How did Acuna do in the playoffs last year? He was injured. He tore oh, his ACL. Remember? Oh, that's right. So he's talking about winning a World Series, and he wasn't a part of it, right? No, that's not what it was. That's not what the conversation was about. At the end of the day, you needed Freddie Freeman. You you found out you can win a championship without Acuna. He's the one who should stop talking, right? I mean, they did a good job replacing him in the aggregate with, you know, with a, with a collection of Eddie Rosario and Adam Duvall. And how many and games Jorge did he Soler. miss? How many games did he miss again? He missed Acuna missed half the season. He got half hurt. The season. He got hurt in July in Miami. How how are they how are they doing before July with Acuna? They were a 500 team and then they 500 were teams. and then they were a 500 team for another few weeks until they made their deals at the deadline. Mm. That was what really changed right. things for them. Ronald Acuna is a great player. But clearly they were better without him. Right? I think but I I don't think that's Something that it's kind of like John Morant, though. Yes. Uh-huh. You Thank still you. want to play. You. you still want him to play, even yeah. if you're winning games without him. That's right. And actually, a bigger reason why, just as big a reason why the Braves turned around um, as the season went on was Austin Riley hitting better at third base. Mm-hmm. The bullpen, which was a weakness most of the year, becoming a strength yep. in the last two months of the uh, two months of the season, and then better better. From their starting, rotation. maybe Acuna Jr. was the problem. But they won three division titles with Acuna in the lineup. And how many World Series they win with him in yeah. the lineup? Yeah. Zero. I don't think. What, Fred, how did Freddie well, Freeman do in the playoffs? He did very well. Oh, how good. do you know Acuna wouldn't have done very well? I don't know if he would have because he's never played in a World Series with that type of pressure. But I do know Freddie Freeman did. Freddie Freeman is probably one of the greatest Braves players of all time. Acuna, while talented, what has he shown in big moments? Uh, let's see. In When the Braves were on the brink of elimination mm-hmm. in the 2018 Division Series as a rookie, mm-hmm. he hit a grand slam. That's awesome. Yeah? Yeah. Well, Ronald, go win a World Series, and then what you say about Freddie Freeman is going to ring truer with me. But they played better without you. Not, 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 they didn't play better without him until they made those deals. Right. Okay. And those deals are the reason are the big reason why a big reason why they won a World Series. They helped, right? yes. They yeah. helped. Yeah. So I give a lot of credit to the GM for filling the filling in those pieces. Who's to say they would have won a World Series with Acuna? We don't know that, but we do know that they won one without him. Right? He should just keep his mouth shut. Uh, and play great baseball because well, he's a great player. Now, one thing I think, I, I, th- I also think there's some stuff that was lost in the translation in his defense. And I think another thing that needs to be said here is that, for example, I know Dansby Swanson told a story about, you know, Freddie Freeman, like waiting for him in the locker room 
to tell him in the clubhouse to say, look, we need you in the lineup every day, even if you're not 100%. And I'd say watching the Braves as closely as I have over the years, I think sometimes you saw guys, even Freddie Freeman included, who kind of willed their way out there when they were less than 100%, and they would have been better off taking the day. He just has, Freddie has that kind of old school mentality. Now it's interesting because the leadership of the team has changed dramatically. Now it's it's not Freddie Freeman's team. It's it's in terms of leadership, it's actually Ozzy Albee's team. Not so much Ronald Acuna. Acuna why, why not? He's he's the best player on the team. The best player is not necessarily your leader. I understand that. It's a different dynamic. I don't think Acuna, I think Acuna is in terms of what he provides is kind of the straw that stirs the drink in that lineup to use the old Reggie Jackson comparison. Okay. When you're talking about the leadership angle, that's coming from second base. Coming up after the break, I'll tell you about that in a second, but I want to tell you about Mountain High Appliance. You can uh, walk in any store and try out the appliances before you buy them. You can't do that at the big box stores. Also, their sales staff is really going to get you what you want because they ask all the right questions. Listen, when you make a purchase like that, you have a lot of questions. You want to make sure you get exactly what you want. When you go to a big box store, somebody who is selling you, I don't know, a refrigerator might be the same person selling you, uh, I don't know, a CD case holder or something like that. I know that's a lot outdated, but I think you get the point. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Tom Brady nearly joined the Miami Dolphins, but not in the role that you think. That's next. On chili Outside taste freeze. Diane sitting on Jackie's lap, got his hands between the knees. Jackie say, hey, Diane, let's run off behind the shade of trees. 